Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. There's really no good way to open up a show like this. And um, normally I would come to you and say, this is the Hoopball Clippers podcast, which it is. And I would have a bunch of energy and uh, excitement and looking very much forward to talking about the Clippers and what has gone on the last couple of weeks, um, last couple of games, what's going to go on in the future. It's tough to do this podcast today. I um, was actually supposed to record this one yesterday. Coming at you now, we're taping on a Monday afternoon. was going to tape last night with Justin Russo. We'll talk to him shortly. Uh, but I decided that last night it wasn't right to tape a podcast um, about the Clippers. It wasn't right to tape a podcast in general. It felt like the time to just take a second and for people to grieve the way they want to grieve, for people to read what they want to read, and uh, just take in and watch whatever they needed to watch. Um, a sad day. The loss of Kobe Bryant. Someone that Lakers fans and Clippers fans all got to see up close and personal for many, many years. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast since the start, you know that I actually grew up a Lakers fan. And uh, I'm currently in my early 30s. And I was a Lakers fan all the way up until about 2002, 2003, when I started to switch over to the Clippers. And so I was there during the back-to-back-to-back titles with Kobe and Shaq. I was there as Chick Hearn got a chance to broadcast Kobe and Shaq. And that's why I got into broadcasting, was because of Chick Hearn and the energy that he had. And he had a ton of energy because he was able to call such great players in Kobe and Shaq. And... For a legend like Kobe Bryant to depart us at the age of 41 is just devastating. Um, Say what you want about him and how some people didn't like him. We all respected him because he was incredible at his craft. He was an unbelievable basketball player. He was someone that Clippers fans were really hoping would join the team when Kobe Bryant was asking to be traded from the Los Angeles Lakers. And then Dr. Buss stepped in and did not allow it. But I was hoping he would get traded to the Clippers. I really wanted him to be a Clipper because he destroyed the Clippers whenever he played them. He was just an incredible basketball player. And I'm going to share a memory with you of Kobe before we actually get to today's guest. I was an intern for CBS KCAL here in Los Angeles. KCAL aired a bunch of the Laker games back in the day before they had their own before they got their own network. And I got a chance to hold the mic during a post-game scrum. I got a chance to go to Staples and then hold the mic in the locker room. Kobe's locker room was pretty much right next to where the bathroom was. So it was where people were coming in and out 
and it was in the back of the locker room, and everyone was huddled around. Kobe had just gotten out of the shower. He was just getting dressed. He was ready to go and talk to the media, and nobody was talking to him. Nobody was asking that first question for what seemed like five minutes, but was probably more like three or four seconds. And I decided to step in, and I said, Kobe, you guys have had your struggles up in Portland. How are you able to... How are you going to be able to change that on this trip? And what was the reason why you guys have struggled in Portland? And he answered a long question. I mean, long answer, respected me, despite the fact that I was as young as I was. I was in college at the time. And that's who Kobe Bryant was. He respected people. He knew the game of basketball. And he wanted to share the game of basketball without with everyone. And... His daughter, Gigi, was supposed to be that next great player. She wanted to be in the WNBA. She was supposed to go to UConn. She wanted to go to UConn. He coached her. And just all the video clips you see of the two of them and the pictures of the two of them, how close they were, and just such a fluke accident, such a foggy day in the San Fernando Valley. And it's devastating no matter what but just to think about how close they were to reaching their destination calabasas is only about five to ten miles away from where they wanted to be so they'd already been in the air for about 40 minutes and then for something to happen like that it's just awful it's terrible kobe bryant was the definition of the lakers there's no doubt about that but kobe bryant was la there's a reason why we all feel devastated today and why we were all devastated yesterday. It's not like somebody that, sure, he's not a family member directly to us, but we grew up watching Kobe. We were there through his highs and through his lows. We saw him as a rookie when he was traded from Charlotte to the Lakers for Vlade. We saw him during his 81-point game. I sat on the couch and watched his final game against Utah and saw him go for that 60-burger. It was just unbelievable to watch. And I still have the Snapchat on my phone saying, Thank you, Kobe. And it was him walking off the floor and saying goodbye to some teammates. We didn't expect to say goodbye like this. That's not how we should be saying goodbye to him. He's not going to be there when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's devastating. You never want to see that. He doesn't deserve to go this early. What a Hall of Fame speech he would have had. He would have had such an amazing Hall of Fame speech. And we're not going to get to see it. We're not going to get to hear it. Kobe's family, I can't even imagine what they're going through. It's absolutely devastating. And tomorrow's going to be one of the stranger games that we're going to witness. There's no doubt about that. When the Lakers and the Clippers are on the floor and we don't know exactly how they're going to honor Kobe yet, at least as of this podcast being recorded, it's going to be tough for players like LeBron James to go out there and play with how close he was to Kobe Bryant. Uh, We're going to talk to Justin Russo and uh, get his take on tomorrow and what he thinks it's going to be like. Um, This podcast, of course, is brought to you 
by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website, hawaiianisles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at Hi Kona Coffee. All right, let's talk to our guest. Let's, uh, let's remember Kobe Bryant and look forward to tomorrow's Lakers-Clippers game with Justin Russo. This guy is someone that you want to follow on Twitter. He has the Clippers beat as well as you can possibly have. Uh, his game threads are tremendous. Uh, it's Justin Russo. You can follow him on Twitter. It's Fly by Night. Is that what it is, Justin? Fly by Night. K N I T E. Yep, that okay, would be cool. correct. So there you go. You can follow him on Twitter. Guys, game threads. Also, tons of stuff he tweets out about the Clippers in general. Uh, Justin, welcome to the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, before we get into Kobe and the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, want to first find out about you and how you got into what you're doing because you do a lot of the stuff on Twitter that we see the Clippers videos, Clippers coverage in general on your Patreon. How'd you get into all of this? So, um, a very long time ago, uh, basically I've always been a big sports guy, but I've always been enamored with the Photoshop era and I, I had done Photoshop's back before, um, like even before the last five years, like I, I'm like, I'm talking like 15 years ago, I was really into like Photoshop, stuff like that. I was enamored with like making videos of things, highlight videos, stuff like that. And I've always been a Clipper fan. And then finally, um, it sounds really weird, but, uh, a couple of years ago I finally got a Mac and they have QuickTime built in. Well, QuickTime makes it easy to get video if you're watching a stream of something. So I've pivoted to that and, you know, writing came naturally to me. Um, it was one of the few ways to express my thoughts. I'm a very outspoken person. Like if, if anyone ever meets me uh, in person, I'm I I was always told I, I never knew when to shut up. Hmm. So that's kind of crosses over onto Twitter and into writing. But uh, yeah, that's how I got started. I I just decided one day I like sports so much. Why not why not just write about them? And you say you've been a Clipper fan for a while. How long? Because I was talking in the intro about how I actually grew up a Laker fan until about the early 2000s and then pivoted over once you had the Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson, Corey McGetty, Elton Brand era. Um, when were you a Clippers fan? So I've been a Clipper fan basically as long as I can remember. Um, a lot of people don't know this. I'm 34. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember basically like Loy Vaught, some Mark Jackson stuff, a little Danny Manning when I was younger. Um, but obviously like... I I remember vividly when the team traded for Elton Brand on draft night after he'd been in the league for two years with Chicago. Uh, They picked Tyson Chandler number two and just swapped him straight up for Elton Brand. Um, And I've pretty much been diehard as long as I can remember and, you know, follow the team. I've when they went to the uh, conference semis against Phoenix in 06, uh, I had a DVD recorder um, a lot of people don't even probably not know what that is. Hmm. Uh, you, you're able, you used to be able to hook it up to your television with blank DVDs and you could record like it like you would record on like a VHS. And so I would record all the playoff games, uh, for the Clippers that year. And I still have them somewhere. It's probably in my shed, but, um, yeah, so I've, Followed for a very long time, been a fan for a very long time, and they're the first team I ever went to go see in person. And yes, tickets were cheap, and that was part of the allure, and I think that's okay. Um, if that's why people became Clipper fans, because it's the cheapest ticket in town, by all means, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to hate on people for going to things that they can afford. Um, but yeah, I've just been following ever since. And I, I wrote at Clips Nation for a long time. Uh, then I've pivoted uh, to covering a little bit of Dodger stuff for a while. And then I came back to just primarily mostly about the Clippers. And you have a Patreon now. Where can people uh, sign up for that? So it's going to be patreon.com slash flybynice, the same as it is on Twitter, F-L-Y-B-Y-K-N-I-T-E. For $3 a month, you get everything. That's basically you get a uh, you get the five takeaways after every game. You get a post-game pod after every game. You get a, a new podcast every Friday. You get um, other stuff like I'm trying to think. Oh, the breakdown videos on there from games. So, yeah, everything's there. There you go. So people want to uh, get all that Clippers content, not just the stuff that you see on Twitter, but all the stuff behind the scenes as well. You can go and uh, sign up for Justin's Patreon. I want to get your thoughts on Kobe because you grew up in Los Angeles. I'm taking it based on you being a Clippers fan and going to Clippers games. Um, uh, it For me, I mentioned in the intro, it, it hits home because it seems like Kobe was L.A. It's not just L.A. basketball, but... He was someone that we all watched growing up, and I remember wanting the Clippers to trade for him very badly when he demanded to be traded from the Lakers, and it never happened. Um, and he used to kill every single team, and he, he really used to just destroy every team on the basketball court. Uh, your thoughts on Kobe? So a lot of people don't know this. I uh, Kobe was one of the first jerseys I had. I have a number eight jersey. It's somewhere in the house. I didn't get rid of my jerseys. We had the house done a couple years ago, and – Everything's still in boxes because I'm a lazy person. Hmm. Um, but I, he's one of the jerseys I have. And look, I think, I think, to put it simply, Kobe was a complicated guy. Like everyone, everyone is flawed. Everyone has their things. But I think at the end of the day, I think the thing that hits me the most is like this is a guy who was a father to four kids, and he and one of the kids perished with him, and it's it's beyond the scope of what words can summarize it to be like, it's, it's It's horrifying. Um, I think about his wife and having to deal with that and in the blink of it's gone and all the other families that got affected, you know, if, if there was a family who, uh, the mother, the father, and one of the children went down, there's two other kids. And it's like, you know, th- like you never think that when you leave the house, that could be it. And sometimes it is. And, but with Kobe, I think what the lasting uh, image of him will be is just his competitiveness. And I think that's all you can really say about someone is that they, they competed every night. And I, that's basically like how I will remember him is he was a guy who competed every single night. He was a hell of a player and just a nightmare to face. I still remember when the Clippers almost signed him in free agency. Mm-hmm. That was a wild time, but uh, look, 41 is is young. You know, like I said, I'm 34, and I'm seven years away from that. It's 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 horrifying to think that like, you know, this can happen to anyone. Yeah, like nothing. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Yeah, I mentioned they would trade for him. Actually, yeah, you're right. It was uh, he was a free agent at the time, and possibly going to go to the Clippers. It's it's not only what he did on the court, and all the memories that people have of him on the court. But now it's just his ability to like, like you said, he had his flaws and a couple of them, he really seemed to grow past whether it was the Denver thing. And now what he's done for women's basketball and how he's there all the time to help progress the female name in the sport. And then obviously the comment that he made, the race, the uh, 
homophobic slur. And now what he did with that organization since he, he learned from his mistakes and now is a guy that is retired from the NBA and he was focused on being there for his daughters. And they asked him why he wasn't at all these Laker games. And he said, I wasn't there all the time growing up with, with those girls. So now I get a chance to be there. It's a time where if I'm at Laker game, I'm not there to help uh, give my three-year-old a bath or something like that. And it's devastating. It's tough for anybody, obviously, to lose a family member, um, to see a 13-year-old girl die as well, and all the other seven that died. It's it just it's a terrible thing. Um, curious to get your thoughts on what you think should happen tomorrow, um, how they should honor him, if you have any idea what you think should happen, um, because it's going to be a really weird situation um, to have those two teams play under these circumstances. The game will go on. I saw... Um, Chris Haynes, I think it was, that tweeted something about the game should be canceled. It's not going to be canceled. There's too much too much money that people spend on tickets and people that want to be there to honor Kobe. What do you think they should do tomorrow? It's tough. I mean, look, uh, that's going to be probably the most emotional game that's ever been played from a sheer, like, shock and, you know, aura standpoint. Um, the only thing that, to me, could even come close to that is uh, – Game five of the Clippers Warrior series after the Donald Sterling sentence got levied by uh, Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for that game. I was in Staples Center for it. It's still one of the most eerie sporting events I've ever been to because if you've ever been to Staples Center, there are sponsors all over. Like there's sponsor signs everywhere, all over the terrace levels, everything. Well, for that game, everything was blacked out because of everything that was going on. And there was no, like, in arena, like, real in arena entertainment. It felt almost like a funeral. Like, you were at a wake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was very eerie. And tomorrow's going to be that times a, a number that I can't even come to. Like, it's – I as for what they should do, I think you're going to see the 8 and 24 second violations. I think you're going to see – it'll be interesting because I think what you might see is players come out – in like his jerseys mm-hmm. like in in the warm-up lines and stuff and at the uh when they stand for, for the national anthem do you think they wear his number tomorrow during the game you mean like like everyone has the same number yeah no i i, I don't think so because i think it's I almost said it's weird and it sounds it sounds odd to say but it's weird from a scorekeeping standpoint yeah which is why i could see them not doing that yeah but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see what happens i think they all wear his jerseys in the warm-up line i think um obviously they're gonna honor him pre-game post-game during the game it's gonna be a very eerie setting and i hope to god no one has insane hot takes after tomorrow's game because that'll actually be annoying like that's i do not care about a win or a loss tomorrow yeah that that was something that i had on my list of things to discuss with you where it does seem like tomorrow doesn't matter i mean the the game the clippers won the first two games and um when i had tomer on last week he was talking about how he thought that this would probably be a loss this game against the lakers and now it doesn't matter. It really feels like it doesn't matter at all because it's a game that is going to be played just because it's on the schedule. Um, 
the Lakers team now is going to be, you better bet they're going to be dedicating their season to Kobe and everything that he's meant to that franchise. But tomorrow really means nothing. And it, it's strange that a Lakers-Clippers game doesn't mean anything at all on the court, but it also means everything at the same time. It, it's an odd feeling. Yeah, because like just from like when you actually look at it from the outside <clears throat> looking in, like standings wise, this game is very important. Like if the Clippers win, they're within three of the loss column and they've won the season series outright and all this other stuff. But like it doesn't matter. Like if they lose, I'm not going to it's it's just doesn't matter. It's. It's not anything to where you're going to be able to draw any conclusions from. I didn't read too much into yesterday's game, even even with the win. Like, it was nice that they won, but I don't think it really mattered. Like, if they would have lost to Orlando, does anybody really care? No. No. And, and you could tell even in your threads. I mean, your, your tweet threads normally are more detailed, and you give a lot more analysis. But it seemed like yesterday was more of just score updates. And not, yeah. and not much more than that, which is – I think you set the tone well with those, honestly, because and, and tomorrow it's going to be difficult. Like you said, I don't think yesterday's game would have mattered. Um, and I think the way they handled the situation yesterday, by the way, on uh, Prime Ticket, I thought Noah did a really good job with the intro. Um, and I thought Brian did a really good job with the play-by-play and discussing. I thought Fratello was added a nice touch as well. Um, yeah, I don't even know how, how TNT handles tomorrow because that's going to be probably their toughest broadcast that they've ever had because it's going to be how do we perfectly remember Kobe and how do we show everything possible because there was a game beforehand, but I imagine they're going to be there for the pregame ceremonies. It's going to be tough for everybody involved, not only the teams on the floor, but even TNT and the background behind the scenes. Yeah, and you know it sounds odd, but TNT's been through this uh, with Craig Sager, mm-hmm. so they they understand the fragility of everything and how to handle it. So I I fully anticipate TNT being able to handle it well. Um, other other than Shaq's probably going to be a wreck if he's there. Um, Barkley, Chuck will probably... I mean, look, people are going to be emotional tomorrow. People were emotional yesterday. People are going to be emotional today. You know, everyone grieves. Like, everyone grieves in different ways. I know I've grieved in different ways over the years to certain incidents. Mm -hmm. No two people grieve alike. And I think people need to respect other people's ability to grieve in situations like this. Like, not everyone's the same. So... If you see someone on TNT get choked up after a play, it's it's that's that's because they're grieving in a different way than someone else. Like if like I think Kevin Harlan's doing the game tomorrow, uh, and so I'm assuming Reggie Miller will be with him. Mm-hmm. And Reggie's going to be a wreck. Kevin's probably going to try to keep it together, but you know it's it's going to be. And I was going to call it a spectacle, but that makes it sound, I guess, grander than it really is. It's a somber moment, but. It is. It's going to be a spectacle. Like it's, everyone's going to watch. It's, it might end up being the highest rated game of the year. Oh, I, I would be surprised if it wasn't. I, I think that it would make a lot of sense. I mean, you you say spectacle. It's going to be. You're right. It'll be must see TV. What, what would be a way for it? A way for that to be phrased. And uh, Reggie Miller was on DP earlier today, Dan Patrick show, and he uh, he was someone that obviously knew Kobe well. And he was pretty good on the show describing his memories of Kobe. 
And then hearing Tracy McGrady today talk about his sons and being there um, in the AAU circuit with his kids and Kobe's kid, Kobe's uh, daughter, and just how close he was to Kobe's family. It was tough to see him just break down. Everybody's got their memories. I mean, Jerry West was on the jump today as well, and he was recalling the trade and everything about Kobe and how he said that losing his uh, brother, I believe it was, in um, a war, I believe, equated to the same exact thing, the same exact feeling he felt when Kobe died yesterday. So it it's tough. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. You know, I, I, no, I, I wonder, because I was actually talking about it with my mother today. Um, she was alive for this incident. Uh, and I, I, her and I were talking about it, and it's almost Roberto Clemente mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the shock of someone, pat like so, an icon passing away suddenly. Like, Roberto Clemente was still playing when he passed away in a plane crash, but it's kind of similar. And you start thinking of all the celebrity deaths, like, or, you know, sports deaths or celebrity deaths mixed together, like Roy Halladay several years ago, you know, like Jose, that was shocking. Jose Fernandez uh, was another one uh, that, yeah. Yeah, Jose, Jose Fernandez hit really hard. Um, just be, I think Jose hit hard just because he was so young, like so much younger than a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder, like, I was obviously I wasn't alive for this, but it reminded me of like there was a movie about it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was uh, it had to do with the the airplane crash that took the lives of the Big Bopper and Freddie Valiants and all those, or excuse me, Richie Valiants and all those guys, mm-hmm. like the singers and stuff, and like how shocking of a world event that was. And it's like you know stuff like this happens, and I understand like it like it's rare that it happens, obviously. But it's it's no less easier when it does happen. Like everyone's still flabbergasted that this even happened, and it's going to take a long time for the shock to wear off. Yeah, my mom equated it to hearing that uh, HIV announcement from Magic Johnson. It seems like several have compared those these two incidents in terms of the shock factor and the surprise factor. And it's such a weird day and age we live in now, with TMZ Sports being the one to um, release it and just the info that's coming out every second and we're not sure what to believe and who to believe on Twitter. It's, it's awful. Um, but we now have to play a season and you have to continue this season. And for the Clippers, their next opponent just happens to be the Lakers. And it's, I want to go back a little bit because it's kind of, it's tough to even break down a game tomorrow in which there's going to be so many other factors weighing on both teams that I really like, like you and I have said, I don't think tomorrow matters. So it's tough to even break down tomorrow and discuss what we think will happen tomorrow because we don't know what will happen. Um, I want to look back with you quickly at that game against Miami. Um, And the Clippers once again rise to the occasion against a team that is one of the top in the NBA. We've seen it time and time again this year that they'll stoop down to their opponent. You and I equally as frustrated. I think you may even have been more frustrated after that game against Atlanta and the way they lost (laughs) that game because it was an absolute train wreck in terms of um, the minutes that Zoo got, the number of straight minutes that Trez got at the end of that game, and then to rebound the way they did against Miami, it seems like we really don't know what to expect with this team right now. And frankly, there's no reason even to break it down game by game because A, they're not healthy, and B, it really seems like they do rise to the occasion against better teams. 
Yeah, so it's funny because uh, Tomara and I, when we did our podcast previewing this road trip, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we, we we went game by game and tried to predict, oh, what's a win, what's a loss? Mm-hmm. Well, he and I both predicted wins in New Orleans and Dallas, but a loss in Atlanta. Like, we both had the same thing. We're like, okay, they'll be 2-1 and one after three games. They'll lose it in Atlanta. So, like, theoretically, the Atlanta loss shouldn't have irritated me because I kind of expected it to happen. But as you said, the way they lost was so frustrating, like up 21 in the first half, up 19 at the half. You know, I think they were up 16 with like mid- midway through the third or something like, like that's a loss. You Like they were up 10 with six and a half to go. I think that that's a loss that can't happen against anyone, no matter who's out. I mean, Trey Young didn't play for Atlanta that night. And I understand the Clippers were without three of their best players, but you know, they should have closed it out. But at the end of the day, Five games into this road trip, they're four and one, and they have wins in New Orleans and Dallas and Miami, and those are good wins. And the, but the game in Miami was actually interesting from the standpoint of even when they got behind twenty-four to nine, I was okay because I I could tell they were playing hard, and as long as you play hard, you give yourself a chance. Like last year's Clippers, and I don't want to bring up last season because last season's last season. However, last season's Clippers played hard all the time. Mm-hmm. And because they played hard all the time, they were in basically every game and had crazy comebacks and all this stuff. But this year's Clippers have kind of waxed and waned in terms of effort at times. But, you know, ever since that Memphis game, they've been fine in terms of effort. Like they've had like the game against the Knicks. They, they played hard. It was just, they didn't care about defense and the game against the warriors. They were kind of like lackadaisical at times, but then they turned on the fourth every other game. They've played hard. And I think that should be commended at how they've turned the corner in terms of playing hard. And that was evident no better than in, in Miami when they went up, you know, they, they turned a 15 point deficit in the first quarter into, I believe a near 20 point lead at one point in the fourth before uh, Miami made it interesting at the end, thanks to, apparently, the greatness of Dion Waiters. <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, they got the win. And I always say, road wins are tough. Road wins, road wins are the toughest thing to get in the NBA. And at the end of the day, a win is a win. And I think the best thing to take from that game was how good Landry Shamit looked. That was the biggest takeaway for me, other than Kawhi Leonard's pick-and-roll passing, which... I profiled with a video because Miami just trapped him and you could just see how much, how much more advanced he's gotten as a passer. He had 10 assists and only two turnovers that game. So that tells you the level he's risen to now as a passer. So there's been some good things on this road trip, even without Paul George and even with Patrick Beverly missing time. And I think, I think we have to look at it that, Hey, when Kawhi Leonard plays, the Clippers are one of the three best teams in the NBA. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters because if he's not playing in the postseason, they don't have a chance anyways. Yeah, which is why the back-to-backs, we really should not be concerned when he sits out because we see the impact he makes in the floor. And uh, I've brought this up on the podcast before, but it's comical that people back when Kawhi was sitting and PG was playing and PG was going off, people were saying maybe PG is more important to the Clippers than Kawhi. Not the case. It's just not the case at all. It's completely false. Um, what Kawhi has done to his game and how he has improved as a player, which is incredible considering how good he was last year, but now with the passing that he has added and just the vision that he has to find Zoo through passing lanes, it's incredible. And, the, the game against Miami, I was ready to talk to you and yesterday and joke around with the 
I believe, what was it, the strip club that he was at and uh, the New Balance era that he was wearing? I mean, we were all ready to joke about that and how this guy, Miami's a tough road trip, not only because Miami is a good team, but being in Miami, it's the same reason why teams come to L.A. And when they play the Lakers and the Clippers, the second game, they're most likely going to lose, no matter what, because you have L.A. where you're spending a night or two in L.A. and you're doing something foolish and you're not focused. And the Lakers, I mean, the Clippers were able to go to Miami, be there apparently the night before, and then do to Miami what they did to Miami. just shows how impressive this, this team is. Yeah, so the Florida trips are always like sketchy because like the, I should say the Southeastern trips are always sketchy because, you know, guys like to them, that's vacation. Like this time of year, like it's, it's the end of January. Places are cold a lot of the time, but you know, you're down in, you're down in Florida and things are nice. And, you know, after the loss to Atlanta, which Kawhi didn't play, they go into magic city, which is in Atlanta and he's in the strip club having a great time. And then he, then the, two days later, he's in Miami dropping his first career triple double and if you're the Miami Heat, you got to be a little bit annoyed that this guy didn't even take you seriously and still did what he did. But look, that's the level that Kawhi Leonard's at right now. Like his last eight games have been insane. You know, it's he's he's gotten to a level lately that it reminds me of stretches that Chris Paul would have where the game was so easy for him that it was almost comical to a large degree like how much he was able to control with his defense, with his passing, with his probing, like every little thing. And that's kind of where Kawhi's at right now, but it's on such a grander scale because he's this two-way wing guy who controls so much more of the game just by his ability to crash the glass, help in de- help on defense, dig down, uh, tag rollers and retreat and, uh, and recover. Like he's, he's such a unique player. And the only guy I think that can compare to him at least this season in terms of like that kind of impact on both sides of the floor and just eviscerating people is probably Giannis. And I look, I'm going to catch heat for this. I still think Giannis is the best player in the world. I don't think that there's a player better than him. He's doing stuff this season that I didn't think was possible. And Kawhi has elevated his game to where now I look at it more like, all right, there's, three guys this season who are just at a level that I'm not sure others can get to. And it's, it's Giannis, Kawhi and LeBron. LeBron's kind of tailed off a little bit lately, but you know, he's still LeBron. You got to respect what he can do uh, when the lights are the brightest. So look, if you have like there was a, I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, 3000 miles to Graceland. No, with uh, it's with Kevin Costner. And I want to say Kurt Russell, uh, one of the lines in there is, he who has the gun makes the rules. Um, he who has Kawhi makes the rules right now in the NBA, apparently, because he's doing things and just running through teams. Like, the three-point win in New Orleans, he drops 39, and New Orleans didn't even play bad defense against him. They were on him, and he was just killing them. Dallas, he killed them for 36. Uh, gets a night off in Atlanta, goes to a strip club, and then comes back to drop 33, 10, and 10. Then he goes into Orlando, starts one of five, then goes 10 of 15 the rest of the way and drops 31, 14, and 7. This guy's insane. Like, it's really insane, the level that he's gotten to. And I don't know who can come close to him on both ends of the floor. And if this is what Kawhi Leonard looks like when he's healthy, good Lord, I hope he stays healthy and doesn't play a back-to-back for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, he's an unbelievable player. And this podcast, by the way, is basically, um, it's going to sound very strange to people that are listening because um, the game tomorrow has been postponed, um, which was completely unexpected. I thought they Wait, would, they've, they just now postponed they it? Just, the NBA just announced that they're postponing it. Um, so it, it's crazy. Um, the NBA released and they said that the National Basketball Association game between the Los Angeles Lakers and LA Clippers scheduled for Tuesday at Staples Center has been postponed. The decision was made out of respect for the Lakers organization, which is deeply grieving the tragic loss of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people in a helicopter crash, crash on Sunday. The game will be rescheduled at a later date. And uh, another thing came through that apparently Sham said that uh, there are sources that saying these guys are not able. The, the Lakers players, coaches, and officials, the entire organization have been deeply grieving the loss of Kobe Bryant. These guys are not ready to play basketball right now, one source close to the Lakers and Clippers players said today. So, uh, so much for what we were discussing earlier. Um, I'm surprised. I'm assuming you are as well, because I thought with everything going on, with people that were working the game, with people that were trying to attend the game, um, the fans that wanted to pay their respects and be there for them, uh, be there for the Bryant family and be there for Kobe. Now that game's not happening tomorrow. Um, strange for sure. Right. Yeah. And I wonder when they make it up because you got to find a, a part of the schedule where everything aligns. I mean, there's a little sequence in the early parts of April where April 9th, uh, the Lakers are home against the Warriors and then they're off on the 10th and 11th but um the clippers are home on the 11th against the warriors so theoretically you could do it april 10th that might be the optimal date i don't i mean it's far too early to know look i completely understand the postponing of the game if people didn't want to go through i think yesterday put the nba in a tough spot only because it was a weekend and the first game was like a half hour from tip off when all of this broke. And that's way too close to uh, like postponing an actual game once fans are in the door, you know? Yeah. And this one's so, a lot easier to postpone because it's two teams that share the same arena. And um, hopefully it doesn't I mean I'm assuming they're going to try and find it where it doesn't add a back to back to one of these teams schedules. Um, yeah, that's that's the tough part because you have to find a day that they're both off. Yeah. But where there's an off day like it's tough because, you know, the Clippers next big, I guess, break outside of the all star. Maybe that's what they're going to choose to do. You know what? Maybe that's what they'll do is they'll just have them play the game uh, like two days after the all star break or something just to get them just to get it in. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, they'll have to find a date that because you know the Lakers won't want a back to back, and neither will the Clippers because they've got these stars that they prefer not to have on the back to backs. And it, I understand it from the players' point of view, um, not wanting to play. I thought with all the other factors that I think the pl I thought the players might want to play uh, for him, but it's tough. Like you said earlier, it's really tough to to gauge how everyone's feeling and how they're grieving. Um, with this game, though, it's with it being postponed. It, yesterday you couldn't do that for many reasons one of which is that the for example the clippers were in orlando that's why i said that these two teams are in the same arena you would have had to have the clippers fly back to orlando at some point during the season which would have just been really tough to figure out um so that's why you had to kind of play these games yesterday and that's why they're playing all these games today too i mean they're not canceling the other games they're just canceling the lakers clippers games tomorrow which does make sense yeah, so I'm looking at the schedule. I think February 19th might make the most sense. Um, 
Because the Lakers come out of the All-Star break on the 21st to play Memphis, and the Clippers don't come out until the 22nd, but both of those are home games for them, so they'll both be in L.A. at the time. Um, Now, that is a Wednesday, and it's hard to know if the NBA even wants to schedule a game while these guys are supposed to have this really elongated break, but there might not be another time to make that game happen. Unless, well, let's see, the Lakers are off the 29th and the 30th, and the Clippers are just off the 29th. So, I mean, look, maybe they want to make it a back-to-back and they want to postpone it by a day. It's hard to say. Personally, I like the February 19th option, maybe maybe just because I just looked at it just now, but I think it makes the most sense. Like, there's a break in the schedule, and you're allowing these two teams, like, yes, it does put a spotlight on them. They'll be the only game being played that night. But at the same time, Maybe that's kind of what's needed to like really highlight everything around it. Yeah, it's man, that that's shocking. I I read that and I was really caught aback, and it was it, that yeah, that's wild. So no game tomorrow. Um, I think good for the Clippers in terms of um, what they've done so far on this road trip, beating Miami the way they did, um, beating Orlando despite all the circumstances yesterday. On a basketball side, it helps Paul George a little bit not playing tomorrow. Now he gets more time to rest before I think they play Thursday. Um, it, it, are you worried a little bit about the injuries, by the way, for the Clippers? I mean, you've got Beverly hurt, George now hurt. It seems like this team can't stay healthy. You posted something earlier that I think it's Trez, Lou, Kawhi, and PG have played a grand total of two minutes together this month. Yeah, so that lineup, um, I've dubbed them the fearsome foursome. I think they've played 100 minutes all season. So obviously that's 98 minutes prior to Paul George's last three weeks of being out. But um, that lineup has also been hampered by George being out several times because, you know, he missed what the first like 11 games of the season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the first 11 games and then he came back in New Orleans. Um, Look, they haven't had time to gel together. And I think you've seen that on the court at times. But I do think there's a discernible difference when you see the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard but no Paul George as opposed to the other way around because Kawhi's had so much more time with these guys. They understand each other's tendencies on the court better. But these injuries do worry me. The Patrick Beverly thing doesn't worry me that much other than this is a guy who's had several lower body injuries in the last couple of years. He had the microfracture surgery. He's had, I believe, a hip issue. He's had a hamstring, a quad, a calf, groin, uh, groin now. Like these, these are like he's been a guy who's been banged up a little bit, but obviously he's like if this was the postseason, I'd, I'd sure he'd be playing. Yeah. But uh, the Paul George thing worries me a lot, and the reason I say that is because initially it was a sore groin. He then sat out the Memphis game because of it, because he, he left midway through the Detroit game, sits out the Memphis game, which was a disaster for everyone involved for the Clippers. He comes back the next day for the Knicks game, looks great, and then they have those four days off to practice, and apparently he re-injures it in practice, and it's gone from sore to strain, which means it's been upgraded to something far worse and strain usually means a slight tear. So if this is a grade two, he's out for several weeks and obviously we're three weeks into this. Now he last played January 5th. It's now the 27th. So basically exactly three weeks. Yeah. I I've said, I don't expect him back until all-star break. And I've used that as a conservative measure because 
it's a hamstring issue and those take time and I would really hope they don't rush him back. I did find it interesting. He went on the road trip with them. Like he met them in, in Dallas, which I thought was interesting, which I thought, okay, maybe he's actually going to play, but then he didn't play. And now he's getting an extra day off. So maybe he'll be ready to go for Sacramento on Thursday. Who knows though? I mean, look, this upcoming stretch of games for the Clippers is pretty light. Like the Lakers was a big game, but now that's been postponed. So you're looking at Sacramento, Minnesota, San Antonio. Those are three games they should win. Uh, then they play Miami. Maybe they win that one to two. I, I I think they're better than Miami, but we'll see. I mean, no no one game is like another, you know. So just because you won in Miami doesn't mean you can beat them here. But then you know they get Minnesota and Cleveland before playing Philadelphia and Boston. Like these are things that maybe we'll see him come back. He might come back for that Cleveland game. It's the second night of a back to back. It's an easier opponent. Maybe he'll be good to go for that, but we'll see. I mean. I do think there should be some concern, though. Like, this is a guy who now has had two hamstring issues in the same year, very close together, and he's been out for at least three weeks so far, and there's no sign that this is something that's improving. They need to be very cautious with him because if they don't have him, it's very difficult to make a, a super deep postseason run. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't think they're going to bring him back until he's 100% healthy. And uh, the when you said the All-Star break, that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, cause I was hoping he would return sooner, but at the same time, at this point, if you get a top four seed, that's really all that matters. Um, I don't even think it really matters them to have even a five or a six seed. I mean, you would like to play a team that's worse than you, which is why you would like a top four seed. Uh, but at the same time, you're most likely going to play a team that's worse than you. Even if you're below them, if you're a six or a seven, you're still probably better than them. It's just a matter of not having those guys healthy. And so as long as Kawhi is healthy, um, and it seems like he is getting way healthier with his ability to take it to the rack and, He's getting these lanes of the hoop, and he's going after it whenever he sees it and dunking, which is very different than what we saw Kawhi earlier in the season do. And if you can keep PG healthy and do whatever you need to to make sure that he does stay healthy when he comes back, I think that's really all that matters. Um, Before we say goodbye, it seems like John Hollinger says April 10th is the most ideal date for these two teams where it doesn't cause a conflict at the Staples Center with the Kings um, and where there's not a back-to-back-to-back or something for one of the teams. So we'll obviously see what happens. I'm sure that uh, it'll come I out. Complete, I completely forgot about the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, so did I, actually. So we'll, we'll Are they to... home? Are they home in February? Um, I'm not entirely no, sure. No, fe- see, February 19th is an open date. Yeah, it's possible d- during the All-Star break. I don't know if they would want to do that, though. Um, we'll have to see what the team's saying, what they agree to. But either way, Justin, appreciate you joining us. Um, appreciate you delaying this from yesterday to today. Just didn't feel like it was right to record yesterday and wanted to see more stuff come out before we actually recorded. Um, but appreciate you taking the time. And one last time, where can everybody find you on social media and where can they find your Patreon? So on on Twitter, you can find me at, at FlyByNight, F-L-Y-B-Y-K-N-I-T-E. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash flybynight. Thanks, Justin. We appreciate you joining us on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Thank you very much. Big thank you to Justin for joining us. I mean, that was very tough. Um, to do. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things with Kobe where he's a legend in Los Angeles and he always will be. And uh, I apologize for how that podcast kind of went through things. I mean, we, we only had an hour to record and I recorded the intro. Then we had Justin. And then right in the middle of Justin's conversation, we found out the game's going to be postponed. So tough to see a game get postponed, but frankly, the right call. It, it, the Lakers have been grieving. There are videos that circulated yesterday of Quinn Cook 
at Staples Center and pictures of Quinn Cook yesterday and how devastated he was because these guys looked up to Kobe. They really looked up to Kobe. And it's tough to see um, a legend like that just go so early at the age of 41. So RIP Kobe, RIP Gigi, and RIP to the seven others that had their lives tragically lost. Um, We'll be back. My guess is at the weekend because I'll be gone over the next several days. So we probably won't have a podcast until the weekend. Frankly, there's no game until Thursday. So it doesn't seem right to do a podcast until the weekend. Uh, Big thank you to Justin for joining us. I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long. This has been another presentation of the Hoopball Clippers podcast. This has been a Hoopball presentation. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.